in preparation for today's message, we shall be reading from the book of Hebrews chapter 11, verses 6 to 7. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 6 to 7. Please open your Bibles to that portion of the scripture and join me in reading God's word. Let us all rise in reverence to God and in his word. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 6 to 7. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For the one who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he proves to be. One who rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen, in reverence, prepared an ark for the salvation of his household, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. Praise God for the reading of his word. Let us now take our seats. Good morning. Faith saves and condemns since the beginning of the epistle the author explained who Christ is and emphasized that he is greater than Judaism Christ ushered in the new covenant which is better than the old covenant the author mentioned three covenant promises in Christ, namely forgiveness, a personal relationship with God the Father, and God himself writing his laws or commands in the minds and hearts of those who believe. Judaism, especially during that time, morphed into a works-oriented religion. The author of Hebrews would attempt to bring them back to faith in God. Through faith, the Old Testament heroes gained approval from God, not through the works of religious ceremonies. And the author cited Abel and Enoch. He would next cite Noah. So he was saying to them, hey, let me tell you about the people we admire as a nation. They were Israelites. They were Jews. Let me explain to you that they received favor from God or God's approval, not because of works, but because of faith. And he would explain that obedience comes from faith, but not just working the works of the law without faith. The author explained that it is impossible to please God without faith. Impossible. The Jewish believers should believe in God's promises in Christ. Otherwise, they will not please God. Despite the persecution and discrimination, the author still expected the Jewish believers to continue in faith. Take note of that. 
they were suffering persecution. They were suffering social discrimination. Yet the author expected them to endure in faith. In fact, later on he would say, you have not resisted to the point of blood, meaning the persecution which is physical was still about to come, and we know that happened in church history. But they were experiencing social persecution. He was saying no excuse. So I hope, brothers and sisters, let me segue to how we apply this. Let's not make excuses. You know the favorite excuse of believers today? Oh, the Lord understands me naman. Well, if I were the author, and I am a pastor here, I would tell you, God does understand, but you have no excuse. Have faith, endure. Your faith must endure. Your belief in the word of God must be strong because he is God and this is his word. And it's faith that, is, that gives us righteousness. He gives us faith and he gives us righteousness. Without faith, there is no righteousness because we don't have a righteousness of our own. So the author expected them to have faith. And since chapter 10, and even before, he was telling them to have faith and to endure those two words, faith and then endure. And chapter 11 is an explanation of how by faith, these people endured. Different people from the Old, Old Testament, from different backgrounds, but they believed in God and they endured. And we would see that Noah would endure as well. Despite the persecution and discrimination, the author expected the Jewish believers to continue in faith. Again, no excuses. Why? Why is it important for the author that their faith should endure? Because of verse 6 as well. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. As shepherds, if you are a shepherd, you are discipling. You're a shepherd. You lead a growth group. And you teach God's word. You inspire, encourage, and correct your members. And if you are a pastor as well, or whatever influence you have, it is important that we focus them on Christ and that their faith should be clear and solid, that their faith is not on men, not on us, but on the word of God, not on other people, not the people they love, but on God alone, not situation. Some people serve God, quote-unquote, because the situation is favorable. But when it is difficult, they are gone. The faith is not real there. Faith must endure. So, brothers and sisters, we want us to please God because we were made for that purpose. John, in Revelations, clearly shared a song about how we were made for the pleasure of God. And here we see clearly 
that it is impossible to please God without faith. And the faith must be what the word says and means. What, not what people say it means. You have to study it in its context to understand what it really means. And then we can anchor ourselves. That is why we study, brothers and sisters. That is why we try to be diligent in our study so that we can be accurate. Once we are accurate or close to accuracy at least, we can anchor ourselves there. We cannot anchor ourselves on just anything. Not on motivational speaking, definitely. It may help your emotion and aspirations, which I do from time to time. But as a, a shepherd, as a teacher of God's word, it is important that we please God. And how does that work? It is faith. And faith without the word of God cannot work. What do we believe in? We believe in what God said. We believe in the word of God. So that's why we study. That's why it is our concern if you do not read your Bible. It is our concern if you have not finished your Bible. And next, it is our concern if you do not try to understand it based on its historical and literary context. Because where will your faith anchor? Pleasing God, like we mentioned before, is not about emotionalism. Some people think intimacy with God is emotionalism. You worship, you cry, you feel close to God, you pour out your emotion. We're not, we're not saying it's wrong to worship God, please. Do not misquote me or misunderstand me. We should worship. Day and night, our hearts must, must speak His praises or must sing His praises. However, if you have no faith, if your faith is not anchored on the word, but you're just singing for emotionalism, it means nothing. You don't please God. And what if your singing is not scriptural, was not carefully crafted from scripture, so you're anchoring yourself on a song that is not biblical and that is also dangerous. That does not please God. Because what pleases God is our faith in Him. Remember in the context, in verse 3, that God created the world by His Word. By His Word. So the Word of God within the context is present. We believe in God and we believe in His Word. So brothers, we have an amazing God. Please do not make excuses. Your God is big and amazing and you can have faith in Him. You can trust in his will. He is the one who, who holds the future and the present and the past. You can trust that everything happening is unfolding according to his will. You can trust in his sovereignty. You can rest in that. Therefore, there is no need to doubt his promises. There is no need to doubt his will. There is no need to doubt his purpose for our lives. There is no doubt. Let me also change the word doubt because another word that is opposite faith is worry. Jesus commanded 
Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. In Scripture, Paul said that be anxious for nothing. That is the word of God. And I encourage you to trust that. Instead, what did the word of God say? Instead, pray. Don't be anxious of the pandemic. Like I said to you, if it is time to die, then embrace it. And say, thank you, Lord, for your will. But hopefully, Lord, not yet. Not yet, not now. But if it is thy will, why struggle? Then we must rest and trust in the will of God. If everything is anchored in God by faith, praise God. We are what we are by the grace of God. As Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. Now the author defined, well, the author encouraged him not to shrink back. Their faith should endure. The author defined that faith, what faith is. It is the assurance of the promises they hope for. Promises in Christ. That includes that when we die, if we die, we already have a place with the Father. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And it's within that context that he said, I go and prepare a place for you. A place where? A place in his city. There is no doubt. The author defined what faith is. You have to be certain and assured of the promises of God. Assured of his forgiveness. Assured of that relationship with God. And assured of what? That the laws have been written in our minds and hearts. If you think the laws of God are not in your minds and hearts. Meaning, you don't have the heart to do it then I pray that you pray that you would humble ourselves, we would humble ourselves before the Lord and say, Lord, I repent of my sin. I believe in you. I believe in the promises in Christ. Write your commands in my heart. That is a promise in the new covenant. That is Jeremiah's version, what he, the author of Hebrews quoted. But I also like what Ezekiel's version is, God said, I will give you a new heart. A new heart. That's why many of us who have experienced this turning point in Christ, suddenly there are desires that suddenly changed. It changed. And that is the miracle of the new covenant. Now, Faith is also the conviction or the proof or the evidence of the promises we do not see. Because if you do not see, you don't need faith. That's why Hebrews chapter 11 started with whom? Who's the first character? It's Abel and Cain. Why was Adam and Eve not included? Because they literally saw God. The others like Enoch walked with God. He walked with the unseen. He knew God was present. He knew God was walking with him. He cherished the word of God and he proclaimed the word of God. Where is that? Jude 14. Enoch was a preacher of righteousness and he preached of the judgment of God. Of, although the, the literal judgment would come in Noah's time, he already preached on the judgment of God. Noah was one example of a person of faith. Now, as we read these, this hall of faith, or some would say hall of fame of faith, 
fame because we recognize them now in this chapter. But during their time, during the time they were living in, they had their issues. They had their struggles like us, but they persisted believing. Of course, Abel's uh, issue was his brother. And of course, his other issues were the stories of his parents. What stories? You're, once upon a time, we were in the garden. Can you imagine that as a kid? Why not now? What did you do? He grew up with that. But then he believed in the, I believe that he believed in the promise of God. And that promise was given to Eve. That her seed will crush the serpent's head. Now, let's go to Noah. Noah believed the message. Noah believed the message. The author cited Noah who believed in God. And God warned Noah of impending judgment. That was the word, the warning. There was a warning, but there was salvation in the warning, by the way. There was salvation in the warning. God does not just judge people. He offers a way of salvation. And it's the same in the eternal picture. Sin, because of sin, mankind is doomed. However, in Christ, amid the judgment and justice of God, there is salvation that fits within his justice. Grace in Christ Jesus. Now going to Noah, humankind was corrupt in every way during that time, but Noah found favor in God's eyes. God spoke of the flood, which Noah had not witnessed. Let's read verse 7 of chapter 11. By faith. Noah being warned by God about things not yet seen. So look at how the author played with words or used the words. He said, by faith. And then, and then what? God warned him. That was God's word. He was warned. So he heard God's word about what? Things not seen. Consistent with this context of what faith is. It is the evidence a conviction of things you do not see. It means you have this strong belief and assurance that it is real even though you do not see it. Well, there are some things people say we do not see, but we believe it exists, like our brain, our mind, I mean. We know our mind is there, and the brain is not necessarily the mind, but they coexist there. It's something we do not see, but it's real. Uh, we talk about emotions as well, of uh, uh, love and fear and stuff like that. The, these are things we do not see, but we feel them and we sense them. The same way in the book of Psalms, it says that the very creation of God speaks of the existence of God or speaks of the glory, not the existence, I'm sorry, I stand corrected, speaks of the glory of God because scripture does not give time to defend the existence of God, except that they, Scripture encourages people to believe in God. God is real, and we know that. Just by looking at the stars, it's so complex to, be, to say that it just happened. It just happened by chance. All right. We don't believe in chance. We believe in God who intentionally created the world. Now, 
put yourself in the situation of Noah. The warning would come very strange. It would come as something very, very strange. But Noah believed. Because during that time, there was no record that Noah witnessed a flood. No record yet of a flood. Some theologians believe that the expanse hasn't broken up. There's still a covering on the earth and the water above it has not been poured in. So there's a, a perspective of that. Of course, nobody could really prove that except that they believe that somehow or probably it was there. But I would go to something that is more sure. There no, was no record of a flood. Some believed it did not rain yet. They believed that it was through a mist that, there, that vegetation happened. That the land was hard during that time. But let's go to what is clear. There is no record. That's all we can say. That Noah has seen a flood. And Noah for sure has not seen a flood that covered the earth. You're talking about the earth. I mean, what are you talking about? Uh, there's going to be a flood? You mean higher than that mountain? Water as high as that? We could barely find water here. It was strange. But he believed in the word of God. And the message contained both what? Salvation. By God commanding him to build an ark. And condemnation. Judgment. Because the evil of men. It is there. Both of it is there. As it is presented to us today, it is both there, God's judgment and God's mercy. Now, let's look at Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 to 9. Do we have that? 6, 5 to 9. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Take note of that. You know, the situation there was evil was continuously in their mind. They don't take a break. Evil. What's the next evil and the next evil? Verse 6, the Lord was sorry that he made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. Verse 7, the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, from man to animals to creeping things and to birds of the sky, for I am sorry that I have made them. Verse 9. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Praise God. Now how did he find favor in the Lord? Hebrews 11 explained that. Not because he was. Uh, he had works. Scripture did not say that. He found favor even before building the ark. Even before he was commissioned to build an ark, he found favor in God. How? Hebrews 11 says, these gained approval through faith. Again, through faith, through faith, and through faith. Works is an expression of faith. But if we will do works to please God, it does not work. But if from deep within, that's why God looks at the heart, not on the outward appearance, not on our accomplishments. God looks 
at the heart. Now, you will see Noah accomplishing a great feat, all right? With a few laborers would create an ark. Uh, Jewish tradition says it was around 120 years that he built that. Well, that's too long, some might say. Yeah, it's too long. Uh, but Jewish tradition also says that he intentionally delayed it because he was preaching. Where is it in that in the Bible? That is in the Bible in Second Peter 2. You would see there that no one was a preacher of righteousness. So he was not only building an ark, he was a preacher as well. What was he preaching? The judgment of God and the salvation of God through that ark. That was what he was preaching. But again, no one believed him except his own family. Faith and the fear of God. And here we will see how Noah, out of, he had faith, but out of reverence obeyed God. Out of reverence, out of the fear of God. Now the author mentioned that Noah, in reverent fear, constructed the ark which saved his family. Which we know included many animals as well. Again, there is no record that Noah has seen a flood, yet he believed in God who brought the flood which covered the earth. Let's look at uh, part 2 of Hebrews eleven seven. It says, in reverence, okay, in reverence prepared an ark for the salvation of his household. Because only his household believed. Noah feared God. It was in reverence. Let us not forget the fear of the Lord. The Old Testament and the New Testament speak of the fear of God. More than it speaks about being emotional towards God. Again, there is nothing wrong with our spirit, mind, body, emotions to worship God. We should give our all. But again, the core of what is fear of God. Now we find here a connection in Noah's life of faith and the fear of God. And I believe that is also consistent throughout scripture. Noah feared God. It was in reverence. What is reverence? A deep respect to God. An awesome respect to God. Sa Tagalogin natin, kakilakilabot na paggalang. Yan yon. Hindi lang paggalang. May halong kilabot. May halong takot. May halong pagkamangha. Yan ang ibig sabihin po ng takot sa Diyos or fear of God. He prepared the ark which saved his household. Noah built an ark according to God's specifications. Opo, may sukat din ito. No? Galing din kay Lord yung sukat na to. And Noah patiently built an ark which would have taken much time and effort. Again, tradition says 120 years. I cannot show that in the Bible. It's just tradition of, of some Jewish rabbis teaching that it's around 120 years. But even if it takes 20, 30, 40, or 50 years, you would need faith that would endure. Because you're building the ark. And say, no rain yet. You keep building the ark. Oh, you're halfway done. 50 years done, 60 years done, no rain yet. The faith had to endure until the end. Patiently built an ark. 
Now, his faith endured through a season of hard work. Yeah, he was working hard because he was obeying God. The same way I'd like to say, faith doesn't mean don't serve the Lord. <laughs> Stay at home and die in peace. If you believe, you will proclaim. Enoch was also a preacher of righteousness. Uh, you would find that in Jude 14. He preached. Noah preached. We have to proclaim the gospel of Christ. Now, there is a, a, a statement here that might bother some of us, but it's consistent with, with uh, Abel and Cain. Uh, I, was, I was told that pronunciation might be Hevel and Cain. <laughs> okay, uh, trivia in Hebrew. I don't know how accurate that is, but I was, I was coached about that, and I, I trust that. Now, there was some consistency of Faith, the faith of Abel, though dead, his blood rebuked Cain. Now here, Noah, when the flood came, his faith condemned the world. What does that mean? His very life. See, Abel's blood in his death, it spoke of his faith. It rebuked Cain. Noah's life would rebuke those who were about to die. His life, a life believing, trusting, and enduring for many years while building the ark. He condemned the world. You see, Noah's faith resulted in his obedience and people saw that. He was a preacher of righteousness, but his very life spoke of it. His very life spoke of faith and obedience towards God. It was opposite the world. So please, if you're uncomfortable with the world, that is good, actually. It is good. You should never be comfortable with the ways of the world. If it is against scripture, do not be comfortable with what they do, that you have to be them. We have to be what scripture says because our faith is in Christ. Enoch did not belong. Noah and his family never belonged. And I praise God that we have a community. The same way the Jewish believers were encouraged to meet one another. Because they belong with each other, but they do not belong to this earth. Noah obeyed everything that the Lord instructed. In fact, you'll find this in verse 22. Just take notes. We won't read it. That uh, Noah did according to all that God commanded him. According to all. So there was obedience. Faith results in obedience. But let's go back to verse 7, 11, 7, verse C. By which he condemned the world... And became an heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. Take note, without faith there is no righteousness. There is no righteousness without faith. No one seeks God. It is through faith alone. No one is good. Oh, because Noah was so good he found favor in the eyes of God. 
Oh, because Noah was a highly moralistic person, therefore he found uh, favor in the eyes of God. No, it just says that he found favor in the eyes of God. Yes, he walked uprightly. How and why? Hebrews 11 explains it by faith. By faith. Noah's faith saved his whole family, but his faith also condemned the world. His life reflected faith in God. His life, living, not dead, reflected faith in God, which was a kind of gospel. Moreover, Noah's faith made him an heir of righteousness. Praise the Lord. Application. Well, let's believe in God's word. But let's also believe in that part that there is judgment. And shempre, we believe in the part where there is salvation. We believe. Christ is good news for us. His suffering, death, and resurrection is good news. When he commanded his disciples... That they should preach to all nations repentance for the forgiveness of sins. That is good news. So we believe in the judgment and we also believe in the salvation found in Christ. Let us continue to believe in God's word. And let us believe in the impending judgment upon every person who does not believe. Upon the, the fiery judgment shall repay every sin and wicked act. Even if we have not seen eternal judgment, like Noah has not seen the flood, even though we have not seen uh, the lake of fire, we have seen lava at least. I think uh, the lake of fire would be worse than that. Uh, but let us believe that it exists because the word tells us it exists. We do believe in suffering, eternal punishment, that the wrath of God will be upon those who did not believe. And that is for eternity. We just believe. The scripture says that God is against all ungodliness. We believe that. But scripture also says that there is forgiveness in Christ. We believe that. We believe also that there is peace. Jesus Christ brought peace between God and men. Through him alone. We believe that. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, no one goes to the Father except through me, he says. We believe that. His disciples proclaim, there is no other name by which men may be saved except the name of Jesus Christ. We believe that no other name, any other name you want to suggest, secondary, tertiary, Mother of Jesus, Father of Jesus on earth, whatever name you put in. Scripture does not say that. We only believe the message of God in Scripture. We believe that. And by grace, that is accounted to us for righteousness. Let us fear God. In reverent fear, let us repent for the forgiveness of sin. Christ suffered and died for sin. And then he resurrected from the dead. All who truly believe in his finished work shall be saved. We believe in that. We truly believe in his finished work. We understand that. I remember there was this preacher who was telling a story 
a time when in his, traditionally in his church that parents and children would come before the Lord and they offer, they have this tradition of offering, you know, I mean, their children are being presented as members of the church, etc. It's like a going up step, but within the church. So uh, the preacher said, okay, children, listen carefully to what your parents will teach you. They will explain to you the meaning of the suffering, death, and resurrection of Jesus. You know what happened after that? Mother and father were looking at each other. You do it. They did not know. They could not explain. If you were listening carefully word for word of everything we preach here for the past several years, I hope you can explain clearly what it means. Not just what it says, but what it means. And what it means to your life. Only two roads. Salvation or judgment. No middle road. No pseudo acceptance of Christ. But while not repenting of sin. No, that's, that's fake. That's falsehood. That's fake Christianity. And fakes don't enter. We must fear God. If we repent, it involves a fear of God. The fear of what? Judgment. But also faith in the salvation in Christ. Noah's faith included the fear of God. No one should separate the fear of God from faith. Faith in God involves the fear of God because faith understands that God is just. Because we believe in the word and the word speaks of the holy, holy, holy God. It speaks of, a, oh, it speaks of God who is just. Therefore, we believe in that and we proclaim that. So when somebody comes to you, brother, sister, I have this problem. I committed sin. And what do you do? Will you just comfort and massage them and said, it's okay. I'm not saying don't comfort them, but do not neglect this. Sin is sin. And you must repent of your sin. Do not neglect that. For if you comfort them without proclaiming that, you are guilty as well. Guilty of misrepresenting scripture. Now faith leads to obedience. Let us obey by faith everything that the Lord commands our very actions are a message to all who do not believe. And I hope that our very lives, our very lives observed by others speaks of faith in God. I hope it does not speak of doubt in God. It does not speak of worry whether God will fulfill his word, his promise or not, but rather faith in God. It speaks of forgiveness in Christ and we forgive others as well. Because that is what the word of God says. May our faith, fear of God, and obedience speak to those around us. It may bring salvation to them, but God will also use it to condemn them one day, saying, Hey, one of my servants and one of my children lived among you. And in your heart, your heart was stirred and your mind was disturbed. You wanted to believe, but you did not believe. God, one day will use our very lives 
as a reason why he has people, why people have no excuse. Let us obey. Let us fear God. Let us repent of our sins. Let us believe. Even if the world ridicules us, let us continue to pursue Christ. Can you imagine Noah living among a people who has not seen too much water? And he's proclaiming, the flood's going to come. I mean, what were they thinking? Noah lost it. He lost his mind. He's done for. Don't trust him. Oh, let's not invite that person because he or she's not that cool. It speaks of Jesus, you know. And that's not cool with us. And see, that's fine. Proclaim the gospel. Live as Christ would want you to live. That is the message we give. Our faith in him leads us to proclaim the gospel. God will save some people through our message. Praise God. Praise God. Just trust in the gospel. Don't trust in yourself. You cannot save anybody. We cannot. <laughs> but we, the gospel is the power of God. Take note. Romans say gospel is the power of God. It does not have the power of God. It is the power of God. For what? For salvation. And it is a privilege to be a messenger of that. And all of us can be if we just take the step and proclaim. God will save some people through the message we, we preach and through the lives we live. Yet God will also condemn all who heard the gospel but rejected repentance and faith. Our faith in Christ leads us to live a Christ-like life, which is also a message to the world. If the world rejects repentance and faith, then it is God who will condemn them. You will not condemn them. In a, in a manner of speaking, yes. But in a manner of speaking, no. Because it is God. In the same way, it was God who rebuked Cain, not Abel. Abel's blood was used by God to rebuke Cain. Noah's life, and until the flood came, used that as something that people would remember when the flood, when the rain and the springs came up of the earth and slowly the flood rose, people were dying and I'm sure many of them remembered and they said Noah was right. If you're here because you were intrigued by another person's life and that person may not be perfect like all of us, like Hebrews 11 people, were, are not perfect. They had their own problems and flaws. They had their own issues, like all of us here. But what's the difference? There is faith. There's something unshakable that we believe in. There's something about these people that what makes them solid in their belief. If you're here because of that, come to the Lord Jesus Christ in faith. Believe in his word. Believe in the gospel of Christ. Knowing that he will forgive you if you repent of your sins. Turn away from your sins and follow him. His forgiveness will come as he wills it. And how do you know if it is his will? The mere fact that your repentance is sincere is a sign 
that God has called you to him. Allow me to share to you another poem, Faith and Reverence. Noah heard the strangest warning. And oh dear, what a fearful thing. Earth and land covered with water, man and beast brought to the slaughter. By faith, Noah believed God's word, proclaimed to others what he heard. But only his household believed, the others remained self-deceived. In reverence, Noah obeyed. According to God's way, he made the ark that saved his family, lifted them from calamity. By faith, Noah was found righteous, not through works, which is fallacious. None is righteous if not through faith. Faith believes in what God saith. Let our faith in the gospel shine, proclaim to others God's design. Salvation is in Christ alone. Our sins through death he did atone. By faith obey in reverence. Our faith declared as evidence. God's promises in Christ are true. We believe in his word. So should you. Let us rise. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, stir our faith. We have heard God's word. We have understood the meaning. The author encourages us to have faith. To have faith in the promises of God and not to shrink back but to endure. And that we should find inspiration even in the heroes of the Old Testament. We are inspired by the death of Abel. Enoch walking with you, and you were pleased because of his faith. And now Noah, amid a wicked generation, believed in the strange instruction. Build an ark, build a large boat. And he preached righteousness his family believed but others still self-deceived not believing not trusting they were condemned we know the reality of your judgment forgive us Lord for our complacency of not proclaiming faith or righteousness through faith, for not proclaiming the gospel to the people. We have been preoccupied with many things. We have not sensed the urgency of what is to come. Make your judgment so real in us that we may proclaim salvation in Jesus.
today make our faith, O Lord, as strong as ever. To those of us suffering through this season, may we endure, trusting you more instead of doubting you. Believing in you more instead of worrying. Thank you, Lord, because in faith we can rest in your will. We obey, but there is no struggle because we rest in your will alone. So today we pray. Amid the danger, teach us to be faithful, to proclaim. May our lives be lived. May we live our lives in such a way that they see the message of faith, faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. God's people say, Amen. God bless you. Good morning. <laughs>